You spook easily, Starling. Not yet, sir. He's past the others. The last cell. I'll be watching. You'll do fine. A killer is on the loose. Keeps them alive for three days. Then he shoots them, spins them, and dumps them. A rookie FBI agent is on his trail. He's got real physical strength, cautious, precise, and he's never impulsive. He'll never stop. But in order to track him down, she'll have to match wits. I'll help you catch him, Clary. Believe me, you don't want Hannibal Lecter inside your head. With the darkest of all minds. Just do your job, but never forget what he is. But he's a monster. Pure psychopath. So rare to capture one alive. So close to the way you're gonna catch him, do you realize that? Oh, Clarice, your problem is you need to get more fun out of life. You told me you don't spook easily. You call this easy, sir? Lecter's missing hand arms. Man's a raving maniac. Who knows what he'll do? It listens to the podcast. It does this whenever it's told. It listens to the podcast with its ears or else it gets the hose again. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, as you may have already guessed or read the title of the actual episode today, we are discussing the 1991 thriller classic Silence of the Lambs. And today in my podcasting chair, I am enjoying some jelly beans with a nice diet Pepsi. Mmm. Yes, I got jelly beans and a can. Interesting. Yes. Now, while I alone might not be able to make the screaming of the lambs go away, perhaps my two co-hosts can. First up is a man who believes everything that's good in the world is for those who wait. A man who, wait, Chris, can you come a little closer to the camera? Closer. There, oh my God. Good. A man who can't wait to say what Migs hissed to Agent Starling. Mr. Christopher Morris, how are you doing and what are you drinking this evening? Doing well, Michael, that was, that was something. Um, coincidentally, I am drinking in honor of, I just was looking up his full name, I.J. Miggs. Oh, God. Please, uh, tell me not. That's disgusting. I.J. Miggs? Does that, does that stand for I.Jack? It's like he's drinking semen right now. It's, I can't, I, I was going to do it, I just couldn't bring myself to doing it. You couldn't bring yourself to drink, drinking semen? Yeah. Next up, you may have heard another voice in there. He rudely interrupted my intro. I worked so hard into this. You know what he does to inter- to get prepared for the podcast clicks on a zoom link a man who i believe in all my hearts has much like buffalo bill looked into a mirror without any sarcasm and declared that he would indeed 
fornicate himself. A man who looks at female characters like many of the men in the movies look at Clarice. My oldest pal, Davey Corsetto. How are you, chum? And what are you drinking this evening? I'm drinking the obvious, which is a red wine. I'll just call it Chianti, I guess. So that's what I'm drinking tonight. Very good. As I already mentioned, 1991, The Silence of the Lambs, directed by Jonathan Demme. Screenplay by Ted Talley, based on the novel by Thomas Harris, starring Jodie Foster, Anthony Hopkins. I was shocked to see Scott Glenn's name above the title. And of course, many scene-stealing moments from Ted Levine. Gentlemen, what a movie. Classic. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. So I, like I did last night, I'm watching The Graduate again because I just finished watching that movie 10 minutes ago and it always fucks me up. It just fucks your head. I, th there was some great characters in that movie that, you know, when you're watching it, you're like, oh my God, like, can people actually be like this in real life? And oh. what a mind fuck it is. Well, so now, before, I'm time, so now I'm going to spend some time with Benjamin uh, to get my mind a little bit more settled. So, what a, what well, a simpleton! <laughs> I agree. It's, so it's obviously disturbing, you know, such disturbing characters. That's what what's great. Um, probably the first, uh, you know, the FBI, you know, the, the behavioral science type of angle that you I, I think it's probably the first movie that, that that did a lot of that right like that yeah. type of like profiling movie. you mean profiling yes um but and, and right eminently disturbing scenes and um characters but it's kind of you know you don't feel like when, when you lot. finish you feel you it's like a happy ending and it's like it's just you just can, watch can the you great say it's a happy but can you say it's a happy ending because this is debatable, yeah, right, sure. Chris? So, yes, they catch Buffalo Bill. They kill Buffalo Bill, which is great. Spoilers. Right? We'll yeah, get there. We'll get there. Oh, anyone that's listening to this already knows the movie, right? So, Hannibal Lecter is free. And, yes, him and Clarice are not going to hunt. Well, he's not going to hunt Clarice. She can't say that she's going to do the same for him. But he's going to go off and kill the doctor, who we all know is a weasel. But I guess that's part of the happy ending because... He is a bad guy, I guess. Somehow, yeah, we talk ourselves into being like, oh, that scumbag. It's fine that he's going to get butchered and cannibalized. Uh, yeah, fair, a, you know, fair point, but it's still... It's dare I still, say fun? It is fun. It is a fun... It's a fun ending. Um, it, it's just... I remember the first time... You know, like most of the movies in the 90s, we, we probably saw it at Cox Lane, Dave, right? For the first yes. time it came out so it, I didn't see it in the movies, but saw it there and, you know, you're just blown away at how enjoyable and how well done it, but also like for such a mainstream movie, so dark, you know, certain aspects of it. Um, Who was that hair gel? Was that hair gel? Was that, uh, was that hair gel that David just threw, you mean? <laughs> yeah. So oh, David. That, that movie is synonymous with Cox Lane, but it's also synonymous with you. <laughs> Quoting it constantly, like the yeah. Buffalo Bill character. And I, I may have uh, may have um, imitated. You never, you never did it physically. Thank God. You never, uh, you never did, did the, the talking dance. dance. No, I never I, did. I um, 
yeah, I, I, I tried to hone my, you know, I'm a little rusty, but I tried to hone my, my Buffalo Bill. Jess is ready to kill me whenever I, you know, just do a, you know, and, and I pull on anything. When, when it, I think either when Aiden or Grace were, were, were a baby, um, you know, if we'd have the baby lotion, <laughs> I would, I would do to one of them, you know, puts the lotion in the basket or it gets the hose again. Oh, he's and such then, a was that his first major role too? Like, was that? I mean, it can't be his first major role. Ted Levine. Yeah. I'm not sure. But it, yeah, I mean, he it, was, like a, was he like a stage actor, like more like Broadway type of thing? I'm not sure, but as I was saying, he, that. yeah, he he may have been, but and he was in several movies after. But you yeah. could not. He was so good in this, you could not see him as as anything except Buffalo Bill. You know, yeah. Jane. Um, now, he was just, I, kind of the, for me, I mean, Anthony Hopkins was an actor, but he was never in anything like this. This was like his coming out. This was his breakout he really role. Was. Yeah, he was in The Elephant Man. Right. And, I knew there was something right, he like major he was in. Yeah, he was He was not, right. He was not acclaimed like certainly after this movie. Um, we took it, took it to another level. But I, so after I watched this movie, I, I this basically got me to read, you know, the Thomas Harris novels. Um, I think I read Silence of the Limbs after we, you know, after seeing the movie, but, and then I read Red Dragon and it, it, I just loved his novels. Just, I don't know if you've, if you've read them, Dave, but. I have not. Such, such a great, great I job. also have not, but. you probably Sorry, Mike. I well, Mike, you read comic books, let's be honest. There was no, there was no graphic, uh, <laughs> graphic book. There's no um, pictures in the book, Mike. So, what's great about this is, like I was saying, it's 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 very. It was you know you had the great score to it, just you know very very serious, very you know very menacing score. Also, kind of of its time, you know the '90s that 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 type of score you heard. And I love how Demi shot it. I, I love how he and I didn't notice this. I hadn't seen it in in a while, but with the close-ups, how he did so the close-ups. many close-ups, so many just close-ups. the character, uh, right? And it was and he did that to be from you know to see it from Clarice's point of view because they didn't show her; they showed her slightly off center. So it's you know they didn't do the same type of close-up on her as everybody she was talking to but it, it did right it, it did right close up right up to their face so looking it was right on the camera even her point of view everything was from her point of view and i love how i mean we, you don't often get two antagonists in a two classic all-time antagonists in the same movie so different you know you got lecter who's so charismatic all-time performance and then like you said, Ted 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 Levine, or Levine, um, with just the creepiest creepiest villain of all time. And besides, like those things, the thriller, the the manhunt, I also kind of saw it as a woman trying to yes. make her way in this male dominated society. All these guys looking at her, yes. judging her, so many times, even. Even the friendly guys may, uh, ask her out for a cheeseburger. Yeah, yeah. Well, you, you got to remember, like, you, this is, and this is so ahead of its time, too. Yeah. But that's a big part of the movie. That's a big, it's, it's all her perspective. It is. And, and if you, I mean, that scene where she's with all the sheriffs and the cops at the, uh, the morgue, 
Right. And they're treating like a child and she has to clear them out. Uh, it was just, that was a great scene. But yeah, it was definitely a, a movie ahead of its time in that point of view. I agree. Just a huge part of it. And Crawford thinks he's helping her out even. And he doesn't, you know, she's like, that stuff matters. And yeah, they, see, they, they look at me a different way. And so you even, you even notice that it's her and her friend, you know, the two female, you know, characters that basically put it together before she goes to, to find her, For her just matching wits with Hannibal oh, was yeah. the biggest part of the movie. Of the movie. Mm. It's and great. It yeah, just, just great chemistry, her, giving great dialogue. We were like watching them play chess together. It was. Chess. Uh, chest. chess. <laughs> um, yeah. And honestly, Always when, thinking you at, of that. when you look at Hannibal from her perspective, it is menacing. And she, st she stands right in there and just yeah. takes it and, and gives it right back. I, I, Tough first meeting, I, but you can't blame her. Like, Well, the way he stared her up and down when he first saw her before he even basically said a word. Right. And he gets uh, into her. I probably would have left. <laughs> he's yeah he's playing he's like psychologically messing with her right away well he's a psychologist by the way i moved on to this ipa i, I probably should have led with this it's it's called skin suit ipa <laughs> <laughs> so, it's all it's good. all on theme uh good i night. wanted to Finish. go over some of the uh some of the the stats of this movie uh 85 on metacritic and 95 on rotten tomatoes and it is number 74 in the AFI's top 100 American films. On a budget of $19 million, in 1990, it made $130 million in the U.S. and $272 worldwide overall, including the U.S. Uh, for a rated R movie, that's pretty, pretty massive. And um, in the Academy Awards that year, it cleaned up. The trifecta, yep. or even more than the trifecta, best picture beating out JFK, Prince of Tides, Bugsy, who would have thought Beauty and the Beast, Best Director. They, there was a lot of big names, beat out Barry Levinson, John Singleton, first time he, he was nominated for Boys in the Hood, Oliver Stone, Ridley Scott, Best Actor. Even that, like, you know, sometimes every time you, sometimes you watch the Oscars, you'd be like, that guy was nominated? Who the hell's that guy? Right. Best Actor, Nick Nolte, Robert De Niro, Warren Beatty, and Anthony Hopkins. Best Actress, Bette Midler, Gina Davis, and Susan Sarandon, canceling each other out as Thelma and yeah. Louise. Laura Dern, and of course, Jodie Foster won for that. It also won Best Writing. Um, it's, what do they call it? Uh, adapted. Adapted. adapted yeah. Beating out Fried Green Tomatoes, JFK, Prince of Tides, and something called Europa, Europa. It did lose two, uh, two Oscars, one to Best Editing to JFK and Best Sound to Terminator 2, perhaps a future, future movie. That's right. But uh, so, yeah, I, I know it's, I know Anthony Hopkins, he, I think he had like the second least screen time, screen time of any best actor 24 winner. minutes, 24 minutes. Yeah. And it's also, it. so it's one of three movies to win, the, you know, the big four, they call it director, picture, actor, and actress. So. I'm trying to think and of what let else. Just, let me just get this out of the way right now. I mean, Jodie Foster, hot in this movie, guys. David Hot Alert. Repeat, this is a David Hot Alert. This is not a test. I've been waiting for this since I saw the movie. And I was like, oh, she's so like. Because you so, knew that I've always loved Jodie. I had a thing with Jodie Foster. I didn't see it. I didn't yes. see it that But I, I Dark knew. Dark hair, fair it, skin, it, blue eyes. Oh, my goodness. What a looker. By the way, Dave, do you know the other two movies that won best? 
the best, the four major categories. Only if they have someone hot in them. He I would might. say The Godfather. <laughs> Sorry, this is uh, Best Actress, The Godfather. Sorry, this <laughs> isn't say. a trivia. Is it a Woody Allen thing? No, Woody it's it's One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, believe it or not. Ooh, Nurse Ratchet. Yeah. And I don't know this yeah it's an old it's one it happened one night frank capra oh. so a rob lowe movie didn't they remake uh, it <laughs> i i hope to god they didn't but i'm ready to, to jump in whenever you guys are ready yep let's do it silence of the lambs all right you get credits right off the Right off the bat, you, you get that great score. Um, Jody Foster is at the FBI Academy. That's that's at Arlington National. No, Quantico. Going through the woods. Guy guy calls her Clarice Starling. Great character, like you said, Dave. Well, you didn't say you just said she was hot, but she she actually does a great character. Yeah. I like I love her accent. I actually, love her personality. Kind of over the top, but I think it's just perfectly done. Uh, so tells her Crawford wants to see her. We see her, her FBI buddy. Um, She's a director. And right away, you see her point of view, looking at, looking for Crawford, goes to to his office, and this is you see her looking at he has on his wall pictures of Buffalo Bill from the newspaper articles. Crawford comes in. He he's great in this too, right? Yeah, oh, yeah. I was actually happy that he didn't turn out to be a creep. You know, I wasn't right. I wasn't yeah. sure. And she, I think she's obviously got a thing for him, right? She like I idolizes. Think she does, yeah. She, I think she idolizes. Like she, I don't think it's sexual. I think it's she uh, idolizes the guy. Maybe a little sexual attention. She's a little she's in love with him. There. So, um, he mentions why he remembers her in his class because she questioned him on something, and says he has a project for her. Like in an interview, Hannibal Lecter. Well, he told her he gave her an A, and she corrected him and told him she had an A minus. So she oh, remembered that class. quite well. Yeah, of course. And uh, <laughs> so. Yep, absolutely. She she has a uh, quite quite the memory. Sorry, just taking a sip of my skin suit. Skin, <laughs> mm, <okay>. Tasty. <laughs> um, and. He's, he wants her to go see Hannibal, Hannibal the Cannibal, she says. And uh, I don't expect him to cooperate. Just take notes and has a questionnaire to give to her, to give, to have him fill out. If, warns her already, don't tell, don't tell her anything personal. Don't tell him anything personal, but you don't want him inside your head. Just do your job, but never forget what he is. And what is that? Oh, he's a monster. Pure psychopath. So rare to capture one alive. From a research point of view, Lecter is our most prized asset. Dr. Chilton. Oh, he's a monster, Chilton. He, so Chilton, scumbag that he is, immediately hits on her. Just very creepy. So he shoots bastard. him. Yep, so they, they want you to root against him right away. Um, she shoots him down. He's like immediately rude to her. Gives her the, the, the list, though, right? Don't approach the glass. Don't touch the glass. How many times yeah, are people yeah. like the people are telling all the rules? You know the rules. You know the rules. Hear the rules. Yep, he tells her the rules exactly. Um, 
But he says it's clever to send a good looking, someone good looking to lectern. She's like, I, I didn't graduate from charm school, she says to him. But, and then I don't know, he, he's like, tells her the rules and warns her to get too close and tells her about the nurse, which he shows her. And he says, as a doctor, you know, they saved her eye. His, his pulse never got over 85. He just carries that photo with him everywhere. Uh, he has that in his with his fan with his family. <laughs> what an introduction, though, to the character. Yes. yes, just to hear about him, you mean, and then just right. to hear about him. That his yep. pulse doesn't go above eighty-five. Like, like no, it's great. Insane. She's so she says probably better if I do this alone. He gets pissed off. He, like, yeah, I wouldn't have walked all the way down. I would have missed the pleasure of your company. Does he even see through? Yeah, that? she holds her own with these guys all the, the whole time. Yeah, she does. He lets it roll off her. Barney, the guy Barney lets her in. You see, like you, like you said, you see, you see their faces, like just like from her point of view. Nice, nice guy, Barney. Lets her in. I'll be watching. You'll do fine. And then very kind of suspenseful. You get the, the suspenseful theme. And then Miggs tells her he could smell her hoot. Her cooch. Her cooch. Yeah. I have, I just have. <laughs> Migs can Migs tells her he can smell her see. So this we meet Hannibal. He that shot of just like panning oh, in he's, around the corner, right? Is, right. Is, he's already is looking right. at you directly in your face. Good morning. Dr. Lecter, my name is Clarice Starling. May I speak with you? You're one of Jack Crawford's, aren't you? I am, yeah. yes. And it's just like just draws your eye. It just he's just stands out how um you know his person he's standing like stiffly like just yeah. you know just strong personality and force may i see your credentials certainly closer please closer closer this is when he does the closer uh, she's, she's in training. Her, her badge um, expires. She compliments him. And he's he picks like, up on everything. Yeah, that's, ra that's rather slippery of you, Agent Starling. And, but I think giving her a little res respect already. He asked her what Mig said to her. She, she, she's honest with him right away. And he, he's, you know, he, he says, I cannot. I could smell your, you know. And cream or whatever or lotion he knows exactly uh she asked about his drawings she avoids talking about herself she you know he, he, he asked her something and then she asked about a questionnaire and he's like no 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 you were doing so fine right and uh mentions she mentions buffalo bill and she tells him oh you know why they call him oh he says you know why they call him buffalo bill he's he skins his humps that was another IPA I was going to get. She oh. says, uh, you ate your victims, right? And then he's like, all right, send the questionnaire through. He looks at that. He's not a fan of it, right? She, she tries to suck up to him uh, some more. And so I read this is, he, he starts ripping into her. Like, he kind of like puts her down, right? Her West Virginia oh, accent. Yeah. He does the accent, yeah. yep. But supposedly, first, first generation from poverty. Yeah, supposedly Anthony Hopkins was like ad libbing this. Oh, Agent Starling, you think you can dissect me with this blunt little tool? No, I'm, 
I, I thought that your knowledge... You're so ambitious, aren't you? Do you know what you look like to me with your good bag and your cheap shoes? You look like a rube. A well-scrubbed, hustling rube with a little taste. Good nutrition's given you some length of bone, but you're not more than one generation from poor wire trash, are you, Agent Starling? And that accent you've tried so desperately to shed, pure West Virginia. What is your father to you? Is he a coal miner? Does he stink of the land? You know how quickly the boys found you, all those tedious, sticky fumblings in the back seats of cars, while you could only dream of getting out, getting anywhere, getting all the way to the FBI. To put Jodie Foster down, like like her performance and stuff like that. She and wasn't it, expecting really, the accent, right? Yeah, you know, it, it really, it really, but it really got her. She 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 was like, wow, this is that's a good idea because it kind of like puts me off and gets me in, yeah. into the character, you know? So is that when he's flick, flipping through the papers and just gives her a little wink? Yes. That's the great, the great gift that we So, And then she's automatically, she's obviously impressed. You see a lot doctor, but can you point that high powered perception at yourself? And then he gives the famous line. A census taker once tried to test me. I ate his liver with some fava beans and a nice Chianti. Uh, that he he stole that from Dumb and Dumber, though, right? I think that was Dumb and Dumber. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know what's funny? Yeah. Right when I heard that, I thought of that'll Dumb and Dumber. It. Right when I watched it, yes, that'll do it. He does it. Yeah, he does it. He does it better um, than uh, Harry and Lloyd. So then, uh, so she she's she's leaving. You fly back to school now. Uh, as she's walking out, she gets a present from Migs. That's what I said. And um, yeah, very disgusting. Disgusting. Her hair. Everybody's the guys are yelling. Sturble. He calls her agent. You know, calls, agent Starling comes back, apologizes to Migs. Says won't fill up the paper, but he'll help her advance. Go seek out an old patient of mine, Miss Moffat. Right. She leaves. I'll get to it. What it's, was the significance of that? Program. It's a. That was. Yeah. It's a clue. She leaves. Clue. She's very shaken up. More about what I think what. Lecter probably said than Migs. The one thing that really, that really made this movie feel old was the car she drove. Yeah. Like, Damn. Yeah. A little dated. Um, so, and as she's leaving, she walks, you know, she's thinking her back to her dad as a cop, right? There's some good flashback scenes. And yeah. she breaks down, cries at her, at her car. So back, back at uh, training at Quantico, she dies in some drill. I mean, she should get screamed at for that, right? Didn't check the corner. Did not, yep. Crawford calls her, tells her Miggs is dead. Like, what? Hannibal was uh, whispering. He swallowed his own tongue. So how, what the heck? Did he just kind of talk him in? I don't... Got in his head, man. Got into got his, his head. head and... yeah. How do you swallow your own tongue? Well, I guess you cut, you bite into it and you swallow it. I think you'd have to bite it off. I don't think oh, it's... Okay. Uh, I don't think it's... And it's anatomically possible unless you yeah, bit it off. You have to bite that fucking thing off. Dave, off. lie down and try it. Don't go all the way. Just try it. <laughs> yeah. Be good for the show. Yeah. We don't want you to impersonate Migs in any other way, which you... Yeah, not on camera. So, um, she mentions yourself. She she said that was too hokey. He, he said, look, look, 
look for your look at yourself or something before he said the Miss Miss Moffat or look to yourself and she said that's too too hokey for Lecter to do so she looked in Baltimore and, and found a yourself storage facility right and that's where oh I'm sorry that Miss Moffat is not an anagram right um no no you're right it isn't an anagram it's the name that he used at the, the name he used yep I'm right. sorry I know he does he uses an anagram later but I thought he yeah. used a couple so yeah Miss Moffat um rented a, a storage facility and the storage so, facility was owned by a very very colorful character that's there for five seconds yeah that guy is uh quite a character right his own driver and yeah so he yeah he shows her the place and he's like oh we can't get this up you know tonight and she she's uh very handy on her own yeah, resourceful uses it uses a jack and jacks up the uh the door slides under it gives a card in case in case uh she something happens something happens to her like the door falls on her so this this seems pretty intense right but you you figure there can't be anyone in there but then you think there's someone in there right it's just a little suspenseful right just what dave i didn't think there was anyone in there just it it's just suspenseful what she's gonna find yeah. moral you know yeah. right that's, so so yeah and then she's looking with the flashlight and, and there's a hearse in there is that what it looks like that's what it looked like yeah and then she finds the the jar and the head in it right that's the reveal so she oh no i'm sorry listen i i'm i'm all over the place so she goes back to lector says figured out the anagram miss M miss hester moffat the rest of me so he did use he did rent it under that name but the anagram oh. it was it wasn't an anagram the it's name both. Was, yeah like you rented that right he's like yeah gives her a towel he's he, he tells you know he tells her the guy was a patient uh says he didn't well, he kill him, him. He, but he, he didn't kill him he found him he, that way he right. said he, right he didn't show up for he found him after he didn't show up for a few appointments. Um, and the guy was a transvestite, as they called it back. As they called it. <laughs> and, he, so, and, he, and he wasn't worth living anyways, according to Hannibal. Yeah. He's disgusting and demented. Hannibal doesn't think most people are, are worth living. The three of us, forget it. He killed. Oh, he he think I'm life. delicious. She... Uh, so he asked, he asked her about Crawford, right? He tries to get, he gets crude. And I love how he's, she's like, let's it, let's just let it bounce off her. She's like, that's beneath you. That sort of thing is, is, is something Miggs would say, right? And of course, he that says, was good, no, yeah. not anymore. So Bonnie turns the lights so on. They have punishment for Miggs. You know, they have children will crank up the gospel channel and they keep the lights on. And all, he says, he just wants a view. He says, he'll never be let out alive. So uh, the first time I watched the movie, I, I don't know if you guys had the same like sense what you thought it was going to be. I just thought he was going to be helping her from in inside the in, prison the whole time, right? Yeah, I thought yeah. that was going to be the movie. I didn't, I didn't consider. You know, I didn't even consider the shit that happened. he was going to get his own kind of side story. Yeah. Yes, I just thought he was great on yeah. you know great character. I just you know in prison for life. So. Uh, He's officer, a psychological profile of Buffalo Bill. And he's like, you know who he is, don't you, doctor? He's like, I'll, I'll, I'll help you catch him. And then he said, our, our little Billy 
must be already searching for that next special lady. to Memphis, Tennessee. I always think of when I hear American Girl, it's just this girl listening to it. This girl's another, this girl's a big actress, right? Um, she's I mean, been, she's a, I looked at her, she's been a ton of stuff. Like she was on Grey's Anatomy for you for like a bunch of episodes. Just she's, like one of those crazy. working actress who's been, yeah. So good in this role, right? Um, just an unknown. You're like, wow, that's great. This lady's great. So Bill's looking at her. Bill's looking at her through a creepy, his creepy night vision oh. goggles. She gets home, cat's meowing. He's struggling to put the couch in the van. This she, was so like, because you know uh, it. Well, you know what's happening. You know what's going on. No. She doesn't know, and you keep, you just sit there and just watch it happen. But like, right? She's what's too you, helpful. Okay, you put yourself in her situation. Would you ever offer to help someone like that? I I don't think I'd go in the van. <laughs> I'd be like, no, 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 we can just do it this way. Well, the thing is, she's like, she didn't even think about it. Yeah, pretty dumb. Um. And then of course, hey, you bought a size 14. And uh so creepy. He's so Punches creepy. the shit out of her. Yeah, it's awful. And then he cuts her dress and uh, throws it out. That's how they find her. So it's it like good, very good. Like when he looks at his skin, I'm like, I just mm. the he fuck? is him with his thumb rings and uh. <laughs> Darling's back at Quantico. Uh, he's called outside. They tell her body's found. Looks like Buffalo Bill type situation. So Clay County, West Virginia, playing with Crawford has shown pictures of the victim. Pretty, pretty grisly, right? Yeah. Um, just tells he Crawford tells her three days. He thinks he shoots them. He skins them and dumps them. Frederica Bimmel is she was the first one, but the third one found because he weighed her down. So they're driving to the town. Crawford asks Starling what she does, uh, what she sees, and he, she does the old profiling. White male, does it in his own house. He needs that privacy. Describes him. Got a real taste for it now. And she tells him she figured he, you know, you 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 must have known Lecter knows Bill. That's why you sent me. And he's like, yeah, I, I couldn't, I couldn't, uh, couldn't tell you that. Do you think Lecter really knew Bill? I don't think he did, right? I do. Yeah, I you feel like he he had too many clues. Uh -oh. I mean, he got he brought he he brought him to their house to even though he wasn't he there. Can't. He might not have known his name. He might have known his name. Who knows? He knows everything. He probably did. I was so I was like, was this just a coincidence? Or but it seems like Crawford knew what you were saying. I might have missed that. He could have led them to him easily, you know, though. Like if he just told them right. everything. You know what I mean? Like he could have figured it out. So this is uh, they. So they they go to the wake. And they tell the sheriff it's a sex crime. They need to discuss discuss privately. That's why you see so this is you see her point of view with all the cops staring at her. Yeah. And she has her flashback of going to her father's wake. It's uh, pretty disturbing. Not disturbing, but it's like sad. Just sad well yeah. done. You know. Like, you think about her her, you know, her point of view and how how well, tough. She was an orphan because her yeah. mother was gone too. So at that point, right? Well, we don't, right? She's an orphan, which is 
Yeah. Exactly. And that's what the title of the, you know, leads to the title, but also, right. It also drives her to be, you know, law enforcement. And, and well, it brings, her, it brings her more close to the victim as well. She's, these guys are all like just stumbling around this, you know, this, this place. And there's a yeah. victim. That, it seemed like they were very, you know, um, they didn't care. They were kind of like, yeah. Numbers. Well, I think they cared about the people that, you know, they, Frederica, they knew the victim, you know, they might have known the victim, but right. Obviously more detached, you know, in general. So they, they, uh, so they need to, oh, this is, so she, she tries to get them all out, like you said, you know, oh. you need to help the, the best thing you can do. We get, we got to do our jobs. You got to, you guys got to get out. They like stare at her right away and they, they all leave. And then, like, are you so, for real? Yeah. So they put the stuff under the nostrils and that creep, what was that creepy dog in? In a few but, things, but he was in Batman. I know that he played uh Jack Nicholson's number one, yeah. Bob the Goon. So they open the body body bag. Crawford tells Stalling, uh, "Go ahead," and talks about the entrance wound. They're taking the pictures. Pretty disturbing corpse when you see like the fingernails and oh, yeah. broken picture of her teeth. That fingernail and, comes into play later too. Yeah. You know, so she sees something in the throat, and the guy's like, "No, no, it's just something from the water." And then they take out the the larva, the larvae, the bug cocoon, right? So gross. And then they see the diamond-shaped things cut out uh, out of her skin, the, the patterns. And so after afterwards, she says, you know, he, she's telling him about. He said, just wanted to get rid of, get just just smoke, basically. Why he. Told, right. told he's the he's explaining why he did. He's like, you know, I had to do it. When, when I told that sheriff we shouldn't talk in front of a woman, that really burned you, didn't it? It was just smoke, darling. I had to get rid of him. It matters, Mr. Crawford. Cops look at you to see how to act. It matters. Point taken. And she said, you know, all that matters. Cops look at you different. You know, he says, point taken. So this is when she goes to her old nerdy friends, the bug guys, which like you said, they showed close-ups, they cut it, they cut it open and they tell her what it is. Death's dead moth comes from Asia. Somebody loved him. These guys are pretty creepy too. So they flash to that somebody and it's Buffalo Bill. And we finally, we see his place. You see the, the, the boss and cameras panning around. You see the dresses. That's when you see naked Bill sewing. The, the top of a well with Precious the dog. Oh, Precious. Precious. So they cut to Quantico, Catherine Martin kidnapped on TV, you see. Uh, just moments ago, Senator Martin takes this dramatic personal plea. I'm speaking now to the person who's holding my daughter. Catherine is very gentle and kind. Talk to her and you'll see. You have the power. You are in charge. I know you can feel love and compassion. You have a wonderful chance to show the whole world that you can be merciful as well as strong, that you're big enough to treat Catherine better than the world has treated you. You have that power. Please. My daughter is Catherine. Boy, that's smart. Release her unharmed. Jesus, that's really smart. Anywhere she keeps repeating country. the name. And I promise you, he's, he's gathering as a person and not just an object. 
It's harder to tear her up. Please, release my little girl. She uses her name a couple times, and they're like, that's smart. They keep saying, you know. Humanizing her. Humanize her, exactly. So I don't think it, don't think it would work with Bill, but. Right, right. Well, uh, he, he actually almost gets affected by something, but he'll, we'll, we'll get to it. So Stalling back Wait, at prison, um, Chilton's mad. She gives uh, Lecter the offer if he helps her find Catherine, if he helps him find Catherine. So it's one week of the year, she gives him this bonus, bogus thing, right? You get to leave the hospital, Plum Island. Plum Island. They have a different, uh, plum yeah, island. A different plum island for sure. Uh, they give a copy of the senator's offer. He says, quid, quid pro quo. Yes or no, if I help you, you tell me personal things. Tell me about your worst mem memory. She tells him the death, death of her father. Shot it's by like Rosa. he feeds off this yeah. kind of just Loves knowledge. Right. He, he yeah. wants more information just to tear apart, you know, just, you know, analyze and know everything. And, um, do you think he cares for her? Do you think he cares for her a bit, or do you think he's just doing it for his own? No, I think, he, I think he respects her. Yeah, he's interested yeah. in her. He finds her interesting. Yeah, very interesting. Exactly. Um, so she's like, you know, nothing, nothing left when he died. After, you know, mother was already shot. Quid pro quo, doctor. And then uh, she, he asks if the girl is big, like you, like you said, roomy, like big through the through the hips, roomy. <laughs> And just, um, she asked why he places a moth, the larva, and it's like big. He, you know, it's it's about change. He wants to know, you know, this is it's just about all his transformation. That's what he wants to do. And then he's asking him what what happened after her father died, and then but she's like, you know, quote pro, quid pro quo doctor. But that was the first time I think I heard that. Right? I was like, what? What are they talking about? And um, you know, Billy's not a real transsexual. He thinks he is. He tries to be figures he, he he figures he would have been rejected from the main from the biggest hospital that performed so and then they show Ch chilton listening to their call as the room bugged obviously he's taking notes the real villain cut, of the movie real villain and then they cut to bill it rubs the lotion on its skin it does this whenever it's told Mr. My family will pay cash. Whatever ransom you're asking for, they'll pay it. It rubs the lotion on its skin or else it gets the hose again. Yes, you will, precious. You will get the hose. Okay. 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 Mr. If you let me go, I won't. I won't press charges, I promise. See, my mom is a real important woman. I, I guess you already know that. Now it places the lotion in the basket. Please. Please. I want to go home, please. It places the lotion in the basket. I want to see my mom. Please. I want to see my Put the fucking lotion in the basket! 
rubs the lotion on its skin, does this whenever it's told. You know, he goes through those sequence. But he says it politely until she yeah. doesn't listen. You know, it's like, so yeah, and he's holding pressure. Well, she starts pleading with him, doesn't she? At that point, yeah. well, that's why he says, you know, he says, rubs the lotion on the skin, gets the hose again. She's like, "Come that. on, Mister." And this is where he right, he places the lotion in the basket, and that's she's crying. She says something like, "I want to see my mommy." And yeah, this is you see him break, though. But but that's when he's like, kind Emotions. of almost, almost you know, getting Emotions. sympathetic, and that's when you know that's when he's like, "Put the fucking lotion in the basket." <laughs> Which I heard you say multiple times as a youth. Um, yeah, but even Hector said, uh, Hannibal Lecter said that he wasn't Hector. So I meant to say, Lecter, a born killer, society right. created. So he wasn't. He well, he was had... abused. Right. He was abused. And yeah, I get to that. But yes, and, and society rejecting him and everything. Right. He's, you know, it's tough to, it's still tough to have sympathy for him when the next in the, so you think he has a little humanity when he's, you know, getting a little upset and then she sees the bloody walls with the fingernails, right? When the light goes back up. You see that one fingernail. Which I mean, how, how horrific. And that's when he starts mocking her so much for his empathy, you know, that's probably the most disturbing part of the movie. You know, he's like, when he just starts mocking, yeah. mocking or screaming. So Chilton tells Lecter there was no deal with, with Senator Martin, but I set one up. Um, Lecter says, Bill's first name is Lewis. I'll tell you the rest in Tennessee. So the Senator is pissed that Jack and Clarice bluffed with her name. Is that, oh no, is this when he's in the first mask? Yep, you see him in the first mask. He, his yep. eyes light up when he sees the pen. Yes, yes. Yeah. They show a little close-up of the pen, right? Uh, you see that great mask, right? So then they show him in the in the mask with his... He's, he's in, a, in like a hand truck type of what thing. A, just a epic, like, just look. The, the hand... Absolutely. You know, the, 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 the dolly, the mask, this, everything. Right. right. The fact that they came up with this, with this setup was great. And... We meet we meet his guards, Sergeant Boyle and Pendry. Poor guys. Poor guys. This guy's doing the job. So, um, Chilton goes to sign the transfer. He can't find his pen. Uh oh. So they wheel him up. But you did you just pass over the whole exchange between him and the senator? No, he. I just was about to say they wheel him over to the senator. Oh yeah, okay, sorry, guys. No problem. And Chilton introduces, I love how Chilton thinks he's going to like behave completely. Like, so Chilton introduces, she brought the paperwork. uh, And he, so he says, Buffalo Bill's real name is Lewis friend. And tells him they killed, they killed the guy in the jar, the the guy in the jar. So the guy from the state department asked for an address and physical description. And then Electus says, tell me, Senator, did you nurse Catherine? Did you breastfeed her? Now, wait a minute. Yes, I did. Toughened your nipples, didn't it? Oh, son of a bitch. Amputate a man's leg and he can still feel it tickling. Tell me, Mom, when your little girl is on the slab, where will it tickle you? Take this thing back to Baltimore. Five for ten, strongly built, about 180 pounds. Hair blonde, eyes pale blue. 
He'd be about 35 now. He said he lived in Philadelphia, but may have lied. That's all I can remember, Mom. But if I think of any more, I will let you know. Oh, and Senator, just one more thing. Love your suit. Chilton's like embarrassed. <laughs> like it's his kid or something. Like, um, he's like, tell me, Mom, when you when your girl's on the slab, where will it tickle you? Right? Oh, my. Just and so just, just brutal. Disgusting. This, yeah. It's one of the best scenes, though. You know, oh, kind of, yeah. right? It's just his, his, uh, his dialogue and his delivery is just like cringy, but it's like, Vile. Um, and then she's like, take this, take this thing away from me. The, the, cal the callous exchange, the callous exchange between that, the two of them. She's yeah. a hot, you know, she's a senator with all that acclaim, and he's a world renowned psychologist and fucking and a cannibal. And he doesn't yep. give a fuck what people think. I think yeah. it's. So, so they're wheeling him away when she says, take this thing away. And then he starts to give the physical description. And then yeah. he, I, I just, I love his last, his delivery of the one more thing, Senator. Love the suit. Just right the way he says it. It's like, what the fuck? Just jarring. Yeah. So Chilton press conference and Starling goes to visit Hannibal. And she's trying to figure out the anagram of Lewis' friend. And she brings his drawings. Good evening, Clarice. I thought you might like your drawings back, Doctor. Just until you get your view. How very thoughtful. Or did Jack Crawford send you for one last wheedle before you're both booted off the case? No, I came because I wanted to. People will say we're in love. Good evening, Clarice. That's what he says. He never, you know, people, what, what do people, people attribute, hello, Clarice, which I don't think he ever, he never says, but he says, good evening, Clarice. Uh, did you notice the little line? He says, people will say we're in love. So, I love that. He's like, yeah, it's, um, so she knows Lewis' friend is iron sulfide. That's the anagram iron sulfide, which is fool's gold. And he's and she's like, supposed you know, to be off the case at this point, right? That's when she yeah, goes right. up there. So I guess they cut out a bunch of it. Like they, 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 they didn't cut out a bunch. I guess they edited this whole thing where they're thrown and thrown out off out of the, the FBI. It's, there was, there was this whole part. Oh, that looks like for the better that they, that they cut, cut it up. Cause it seems like perfect, the perfect length of the movie anyways, but you didn't yeah. need it. The plot. So he's, he makes her figure it out herself. He's like, what is he doing? He's coveting. Where do we covet? Then he's like, you're going to have to tell me why you left the ranch. After your father's murder, you were orphaned. You were 10 years old. You went to live with cousins on the sheep and horse ranch in Montana. And? And one morning, I just ran away. Not just, Clarice. What set you off? You started at what time? Early. still dark. Then something woke you, didn't it? Was it a dream? What was it? I heard a strange noise. What was it? It was screaming. Some kind of screaming, like a child's voice. What did you do? I went downstairs, outside. 
I crept up into the barn. I was so scared to look inside, but I had to. What did you see, Clarice? What did you see? Lambs. They were screaming. They were slaughtering the spring lambs? And they were screaming. And you ran away? No. First, I tried to free them. I, I opened the gate to their pen, but they wouldn't run. They just stood there. They but you could, and you did, didn't you? Yes. I took one lamb, and I ran away as fast as I could. Where were you going, Clarine? I don't know. I didn't have any food, any water, and it was very cold. Very cold. I thought... I thought if I could save just one, but... He was so heavy. I didn't get more than a few miles when the sheriff's car picked me up. Rancher was so angry, he sent me to live at the Lutheran Orphanage in Postman. I never saw the ranch again. What became of your lamb, Glory? I killed him. You still wake up sometimes, don't you? you wake up in the dark and hear the screaming of the lamb. Do you think if you save poor Catherine, you could make them stop, don't you? You think if Catherine lives, you won't wake up in the dark ever again to that awful screaming of the lambs? I don't know. I don't know. Thank you, Clarice. Thank you. Great job of her. Great acting with her yeah. telling yeah. the story. You know. And it gives uh, the... And she tells the, the title, screaming of the weight. Yep. That was a very visual scene. The way they, they, they were grabbing everything was so visual. They go to kick her out. And, uh, and then he's like, you, you will let me know when these lambs stop screaming. When those lambs stop screaming. She runs back to get the case files. And they, they show the, like, their fingers touch. So she flies out. And what was the significance of that? I think just him being a creep. I think. Just, yeah, him being a, just, you know, they have a connection. I think they have a connection, you know, and the fact but that he likes to keep, he likes making people around him unsettled. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Constantly. She was definitely creeped off. Of Upper hand. So, so here's what I'm talking about. Never even considered this aspect of, uh, you know, a possibility the first time I watched the movie. I thought he was going to be in jail the whole time and help them. Ready when you are, Doc. Just another minute, please. And so you notice Pembury Redway says to him, bring it, he like to listen to classical, bringing him food. Son of a bitch demanded a second dinner. Lamb chops, extra rare. What he wants for breakfast. Damn thing, zoo. He says to him, ready when you are, Doc. And so lamb chops, extra rare. I guess it's the second, second meal or something. But I just um, thought it was funny, lamb chops. Right? Yes, to, yeah. absolutely, extra rare. And so he spits out the pen, you know, the pen part, and they show the the cost with the mace and the baton. Good evening, Good evening gentlemen. Slides down, you know, the drill. Same drill as before, please. Mm -hmm. They put the cuffs on him, 
puts his hands out of the cage. He puts the cuffs on him. Are you when you are, Sergeant Pembry? Picks the cuffs. Boyle brings the food in, and he's like, "Could you mind the drawings?" So that's you know significant. Obviously, he puts the food down, moves the drawings, then he goes I, to get the. F- and that's when we actually see he drew Clary's holding a lamb. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Not to mention that. Yeah. That was pretty good drawing too. So right, the first time you watch that, and you're like, "Holy shit!" You know, the hand, handcuffs boil. Um, pretty, pretty inept cops, right? These guys, the whole, this whole. <laughs> well, you like before that whole thing, you see him like when he's getting handcuffed. You see him like really, like really settling down, breathing, slowing oh, yeah. his thoughts. You could see the whole methodical part, like mm-hmm. of what is going to unfold for him. Yeah, it, uh, and uh, that it's was a kind great of, piece of acting. I thought. It was awesome, right? Because he's right. You know when shit goes down, he's not gonna panic like like Boyle panics. Yeah. Like he's not gonna panic, you know, like the other guys. And of course, he's psychotic too. Uh, his heart rate's probably like only eighty-five. He uh, smashes the door on Pem. Pembry's face, and yeah, I love how Boyle Boyle uh, warns him after he gets handcuffed. It's like holy shit, and smashes him, bites his face, maces him, smashes his head again, thing a couple times, and this is like horrifying. He turns around yeah. and with the baton, and just seeing him beat beat Boyle, and just seeing the blood spatter and him breathing, it's just very creepy. And then he's listening, so he's listening to the music. And this, this always haunted me, just listening to it. He, when he looks down, he finds a straight razor and he says one last time, ready when you are, Sergeant Pembry. Oh. Ready when you are, Sergeant Pembry. How the hell did he carve his face off that easy? Yeah, uh, you know. He's a professional. He's a professional. He's good at his job, unlike those guys, right? <laughs> so true. down in the lobby. Speaking of speaking of inept, down in the lobby, all the cops they see the elevator going up, and then and then you hear shots fired. They're like, "What the hell?" Uh, they they close ups of this scared shitless faces. I have um, the, the elevator. The elevator then goes down from five to three, and they're like, "Shit!" They they all get up. I have written down. No wonder he, they. No wonder Lecter got away. Just a <laughs> Keystone cops, right? And including including Mr. Chris Isaac, right? Chris Isaac, yeah. I, was, I looked, I said, what? What's he doing there? Crazy. And um, so they go upstairs and they're all take out their guns. And it's, it's one guy's hard. pointing to the wall behind them like he could they be really, up they, on they the really wall. Like, uh, what what he, other movie? Yeah, when they're pointing in different directions, uh, unforgiven when they're all <laughs> when they're shooting in different directions. So yeah, and then then the head guy is like, "Oh God!" And you see Boyle crucified and up like know. an like an angel pose. Wasn't he gutted too? He was yes. gutted. Yeah, he was uh, disemboweled. And the, oh my God! And then they see you see Pembry in quotes on the ground, and the guy, the the. You know, Gomer Pyle's like guys, like, oh, he's alive. 
<laughs> Barney, Barney Fife. Barney hey, Fife. buddy, like, everything's going to be just fine. Jeez, like, imagine if it was that, if it was down to that guy pointing a gun at Lecter or something, the guy would somehow talk that guy into shooting himself. <laughs> so they, uh, they, they, they get Pembry, Pembry on a, on a stretcher. Uh, the SWAT team is more professional, at least I have. So they load up, load up Pembry and they start, he starts spazzing to get out of there. And they're in the elevator and the blood starts dripping. How's as creepy as this? And you yeah. see the big stain. They get him out and they're like, he's on the roof of the elevator. The guy from Seinfeld, right? He's in charge of the SWAT team. And he's like, put one in the leg. They shoot him in the leg. When I, I'm guessing um, the family of of Lieutenant Pembry had a, uh, a Sergeant Pembry had a closed cast. I mean, his body, <laughs> just, his body was just, you know, mangled. Well, what, yeah, how do you get him? How do you get a, a, a gunshot wound too? Yeah. Um, you couldn't face so, it. Yeah, and then the body, I love, it's, it's so well done how the body, they open it up, the body falls out and it cuts to the ambulance. Memphis General, this is Medical Unit 26. We're inbound with a 50-year-old male police officer with severe facial lacerations, weapon unknown. We've got grand mal seizure activity, but he's post-dictal now. Uh, the vital signs are good. Pressure is 130 over 90. 90. Yeah, that's right, 90. Uh, pulse 84. We got him on lactated ringers running, and uh, and the uh, patient is on 10 liters of oxygen. They found the ambulance in a parking garage at Memphis Airport. The crew was dead. He killed a tourist, too. Fed his clothes, cash. By now, he could be anywhere. He won't come after me. Oh, really? He won't. I can't explain it. He, he, he would consider that rude. My God. Takes off the cloth first, sits up, and then he takes off. You face. see the face before. Yeah. It's crazy. Uh, it seems like other movies have not copied the same exact thing, but like, you know, where the bad guy has dressed up. Got, like, yeah. Yeah. Get out of the scene like that. So, yeah. And then they cut to, you know, Starling's buddy dropping the phone and running. And She's afraid Scott. that he's coming for her. Yeah, exactly. Well, she and has not one worry about that. I love he doesn't her think explanation. Yeah. Yep. She, he doesn't think he'll come after me. He, what does he say, Mike? He would consider that rude? Yeah. Yes. Uh, then we see Buffalo Bill, Jane Gum. Do we, do, do we hear of his name yet? We didn't hear his name. So, sewing some skin, totally normal. And uh, this is when Clarice and her friend figure out, you know, about Frederica Bimmel. Goes to Belvedere, Ohio, because she was the first one. That's what you covet, what you see first, right? And well, wasn't that what Hector? Wasn't that Hector? Sorry. Hector. <laughs> wasn't, that what, <laughs> wasn't that what Lecter basically told her? It wasn't as. Um, it was. It was Silencio and the lambs. What? Huh? I was doing a fan of hers for the lambs. No, didn't I just said again? Didn't like to sneak something in to the case file to basically alert or on the map, um, Larissa, that it was more obvious than you thought it was. It was more planned out. The map he wrote something on the map. I forget what he wrote. Yeah. You write something on the map. I know he he mentioned coveting. That was the first. So uh... well, basically, saying it wasn't it wasn't as random as they thought right. it was. Yes, right. You you you. But, but mostly, I think he said the coveting, and that's what led her to think of 
you know, something he saw all the time. And so she interviews the family, finds the hidden pictures of in the, the music box in her underwear. And somebody took those pictures. Hmm. So she's the dressmaking stuff. And she's like, shit, she's a tape measure with the diamond patterns, right? She's like, holy shit. Calls Crawford. He's making uh, himself a woman's suit. He's very skilled. And Crawford says, it's okay. We know where we know who he is and where he is. You know, Jamie Gum. So they're flying to Chicago. So how did they, like, was it just- How are they the, wrong? What house how are they? How are they right? Even though he, he wasn't there, how were they- I think Because they did a, uh, I think they- Some electors- turned down for operations okay. that's what that's what, so some electors clues were yeah helpful yeah yep so and so we get to Catherine the well she's tying a bone to a string and then we see the classic scene Mr. Gum getting dressed, you know, the close-ups he puts, put, I guess he had to do a couple shots before he did this scene. Um, and no you get the nipple, you put the nipple ring on, you get the classic song, Goodbye Horses. Somebody I know actually had a ringtone <laughs> after this one. They thought it was funny. The lipstick. Who do you fuck For some um, reason, I always, I like my memory so, was, I would say my memory totally like misremembered that where I thought when he did the pose, he said it. I was like, whoa, well, that didn't, that didn't happen that way. Just And oh, for, for, and he's, so he's doing the, the pose, right? He's doing the pose in front of the, where he does the Texas junk in and this is an audio podcast, so for those at home, Dave is doing that right now. I can't believe. Oh he's my doing goodness, it. Dave! Come on, stop that. Just one more little, do a little twirl. Very good. Twist, turn around, please. So, and yeah, so then you see Clarice interviewing Frederica's friend. Not very nice about her, but she had no boyfriends and. And so she mentions Mrs. Littman's dress dress place. They did alterations for her. Can you give me Mrs. Littman's address? It's in Cali Calumet City. Is that where it is? I don't know. So Bill's picking up his moths. Oh, this, I love how they they cut back and forth. This is yes. probably one of the first movies that did this so well. The you little know, like ruse of yeah, imitated this where they go. You know, it's just they they like fool you. They do the switcheroo. So. Yeah, he's looking for precious. Catherine says, down here, asshole. She's a lot of pain. Don't you hurt my dog. That's when he's, you don't know what I pain is. The dog. Then he go gets yeah. this gigantic fucking gun. Yeah, exactly. And then a uh, flower truck comes up to the house and right, Bill gets that big gun, rings the doorbell and it shows, you know, shows down where he is, the doorbell ringing, right? And they storm the other house and 
So you, he goes, so right. You see them, him answer the door and it's Clarice. Good afternoon. Um, sorry to bother you. I'm looking for Mrs. Lippman's family. Well, Lippman's don't live here anymore. Uh, excuse me, sir. Uh, I really need to speak with you. What's the problem, officer? Well, I'm investigating the death of Frederica Bimmel. There's no one here, Jack. Clarice. Your name is? Oh, uh, Jack Gordon. Mr. Gordon. Good. Um, well, Frederica used to work for Mrs. Lippman. Did you know her? No, uh uh. Oh, wait. Oh, wait. Was she a great big fat person? She great big fat. Boy. She was a big girl. <laughs> yeah. I, there it is. You've yeah. been saving that, waiting for that all night. Um, Mrs. Lippman had a son, though. Maybe he could help you. I got, I got his card in here someplace. So, do you want to come in while I look for it? May I? Yes. Yeah, sure. Thank you. No, I did. Um, I, I do have written, have done that line too many times to count. I, and then Clarice, very polite. Yeah, she was a big girl, sir. So, uh, and then he's like, I have Miss, Mrs. Lippman's uh, son's card if you want to come in. She walks in. This is, this is kind of, you know, tense. Are you close to catching somebody, you think? Yes, we may be. Did you take over this place after Mrs. Lippman died? Is that right? So yeah, when did she house. put two and two? Was it? seeing the butterflies and just kind of butterfly pattern on the wall but and she's i mean that could be a coincidence she, yeah. but she's definitely but, but the butterfly was on a sewing like no sewing no that's what, yes the moth right no, i'm sorry i thought you meant the, the butterfly pattern she sees yeah. literally one of those death's head moths and she's like yeah. oh my god so and then she's like can i ask can i use your phone and he's giggling i mean you got like a description fingerprints anything like that She pulls a gun on him, tells him to freeze, and he smile. He does the spin and goes down to the basement. Hold on, that scene right there when he's like, when he turns around, puts his hands up, was such good acting. It was, he was so creepy. Oh, fuck, he just mean, runs. Yeah, he does this did a good spin and uh, goes downstairs. Okay, and, question, question: Would yeah. you follow suit? Would you go down there too, or would you wait for backup? Well, the only thing that would the reason she went is because she knows the girls down there, or she assumes the girls down there. I guess. Yeah. Would you go down, Mikey? You'd be upset. No, no, I wouldn't no, have gone. No, no. I would I'm have ran outside down. and went to the neighbors. Help! 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 <laughs> help! Help! He's in there. You spill oh, something. Yeah. By the way, do you have a cheeseburger? Cheeseburger! Yeah. Cheeseburger! <laughs> I mean, she's insane hilarious, to go down hilarious. there. Hilarious. Dungeon of uh, 
oh my god this just house of horrors right so she goes oh, to the basement god. and she sees the dress made out of skin already she sees the newspapers um and then she sees the well captain martin you know i'm the fbi you're safe this this still cracks me up and, and she goes do you know where do you know where he is and she goes how the fuck should i know where he is and then she's like i have to leave this room don't leave me uh, don't leave no. fucking bitch he actually says don't you leave me here you fucking bitch yeah uh and then she says smartly the other officers will be here soon you know so bill can hear too right yeah. um and maybe make Catherine feel better but no, no so she goes in the other room and oh there's a fridge you can just imagine what's in there and then the, the bathtub oh unimaginable gore then the lights go out right well hold on that's whose house though because he was in her house right he murdered her correct I don't know. No. I think that was not, I mean that was not the original owner's house or not. Sold them. She said she he bought it two years ago. That he could have been lying, but I, I don't know. Right. I, I don't know. I think it was one of the victims. Uh you know. You know what? I, I, I don't know the semantics of why was he there and they were at his house. You know what I mean? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. But maybe but that house had a well. That's my only Yeah. yeah. Well that's a nice setup for a uh Skin suit making, yeah, real killer. With the dog, with the dog. Um, yeah, they get good lighting too for any movies you want to want to shoot. So the lights go out, and he has the night goggles going. Love this. Terrifying. Love this. So terrifying. He's he. Of course, he's messing around with her. You forget he he could have just killed her, but he's a perv. He's a creep. He's He's just yeah. He's psychotic. And lifts his gun, and he's going to shoot her, and then cocks the trigger, and... She turns, shoots him, shoots the window out. That's just awesome, the way the music, and you see him panning, panning back, and you see him... Slow motion, like, yeah, she- dying and then they zoom in on the headline of the paper and they have the buff butterfly thing spinning just excellent and then, so she graduates her friend is there jack crawford's there well they say they bring the girl she keeps precious she did not want to give all oh, right yeah, i'm yeah. sorry i forgot to mention she's probably going to keep pre- precious thank god the great Catherine martin lived and um she's she graduates you have a phone call congratulations your father would be proud Right, he's like a father figure to her, but she's probably like a little bit in love with him. Not Dave. <laughs> Dave has to bring it to a sexual place, but um, I, you fucking bro, I said she respected him. I didn't say she wanted to have sex with him. You did. I said she might be in love with him. Oh, sorry. I didn't think that. Oh. I didn't get it all. So she answers the phone. Well, Clarice, have the lamb stopped screaming? You're like, oh shit! You see, like a blonde wig. Starling. Have the lamb stopped screaming? Doctor Lecter. Don't bother with the trace. I won't be on long enough. Where are you, Doctor Lecter? I have no plans to call on you, Clarice. The world's more interesting with you in it. So you take care now to extend me the same courtesy. You know I can't make that promise. I do wish we could chat longer, but I'm having an old friend for dinner. 
goodbye. Don't bother with the trace, you know. Don't worry, the world, this is where he says, the world is more interesting place with you in it. And where he says the great line, I have to go having an old friend for dinner. We just, you really don't feel that bad, you know. And then you see children, and he puts his hat on, walks past him, and it was just one of the great all-time thrillers. Just a shot of... Yes. Panning out, and you just watch. You just follow him. Mm-hmm. Silence of the Great land. Stuff. Did you ever that. watch any of the sequels? I did. I, so I read Hannibal. It was actually the beginning was great. I hated that. So it was almost like they made it seem like Clarice was almost in, into him. Like he went. I, think I fell asleep watching just, Hannibal and never finished it. it. it, it the movie Hannibal, I, I, right, it was not good. The book was the first part of it where he is in Florence. It's actually really, really well done. It's pr- pretty cool. But And then the first the first book was Red Dragon. I know yes. they made Red Dragon as the third movie. Well, they, they made also, Man, Manhunter, Manhunter was the first one. First was the Brian, first movie. Brian Cox was. He was actually a great lector. You know what I mean? Just very different, but. Right, we talked about the range, but I th- Red Dragon, one of the most haunting, horrifying books. And they're all books. Just, Even Hannibal Rising was a book, wasn't it? Right. Yeah, yeah. I read that. I think that was, you know, is that a prequel? Yeah. But, you no, know, just a great all-time character. Great, great performances. A great Very movie. good movie. Very good movie. Honestly, guys, I think this movie... It's a great movie. Great movie. Probably one of the most horrifying movies underratedly horrifying i think i don't like the yes. mindfuck movies those movies like th- like these two characters are like just mindfuckers well if you don't like mindfucker movies david um i could mention what we're going to be doing next time a movie that really doesn't fuck with your mind what it maybe pulls at your heartstrings um maybe it makes you want to cheer but we were having a debate earlier today. Is this movie that we're going to be doing next time, is it considered a sports movie? Is it considered a character movie? It is considered, to me, one of the greatest movies ever. Uh, one of the all-time favorites. I would feel like everyone on the podcast and listening to the podcast from 1976. Philadelphia to go see Rocky. I thought you were going to say Network. Yes. Yeah. Great movie. I uh, not in my top ten, but I love it. I love it too. I, I, I look at. I think it's still a great. It's a great movie. Well acted. Just unbelievable. Oh my god. So I'm so excited to do this. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, awesome. The Jaws. I think failure we did last year. But... Uh, David, that was you. You're the one who left in the Jeep. We, we were all prepared. <laughs> First of all, have you noticed that you're the only one who keeps saying you have to redeem yourself? You. The guy who's, yeah, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah. hey, but you stayed awake tonight. 
No nice extracurricular activities. Nice kids, I love the, I love the dance. I love the yeah. The, the dance was good. No kids showed up to, to just talk oh. during the middle of the conversation of the episode. Oh. Um, so just to do a little homework, uh, you can find us on Twitter and on Instagram. On Twitter at find underscore movies. On Instagram at find movies, find spirits. And every episode you can find at fansnotexperts.com. Uh, Christopher, any parting words? You, you said it all, Michael. You said it all. David, any parting words for you? It's an well, audio good. podcast, dickhead. You can't just put your thumbs up. All right. All right, then, everybody. Until next time, say goodbye, David. Goodbye. Just goodbye. We talk about great movies while drinking. We talk about great movies while drinking. Yeah, we talk about great movies while drinking. And we feel fine. Great, a great movie that made me always think of my brother. And then we invite my brother to the podcast and he has the worst response. His, his response is, which Rocky are you doing? <laughs> We're going to do Rocky Balboa. <laughs> what an idiot. Not Paul's finest moment. Hi, hi, Paul. Hi, Paul. You get to listen to the Rocky one. I'm not experts.